stick figure. Most, pretty much everything that uh, everything that stick figure makes is really chill, very tropical. It gets you in a good zone. This is Weary Eyes by Stick Figure. Put it to your your summertime playlist. And put it to your playlist if you want it to make it feel like summertime when it's not. All right, so hello, everybody. We are here on a Friday evening, and we're going to keep it pretty light, and I might have to gonna try to get signed off a little bit earlier tonight, but we have some good company. I had to, uh, unfortunately, again, I had to, I had to push back human vibration. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to get on for an impromptu Saturday show and just bring her on. And we'll, we'll talk some, we'll talk some uh, heady, woo-woo stuff together. Um, but uh, anyway, Matt is here. What's going on, Matt? How you doing? Hello, Francis. How's a good day? Work? Good week? I hated it. Okay. Did, did, oh, did you conquer any major battles today with nature? No, I killed a uh, yellow jacket hive, but no. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen, yellow jackets, they need to be they need to be yeah. cleared out of the way. Fuck them. We have a lot to do tonight, and you're involved in a lot of it. Uh, there is a story, ladies and gentlemen, that we have to do in, in, the, second, in the second half of the show about supposed, alleged... Loch Ness monster remains that have been found in Scotland. Oh yeah, they live. Yeah, Scotland is one of the places. They yeah, that's one of the lakes. One of the lakes. There's only a few. Plesiosaurs. You can call them that. I'll call them Loch Ness monster or Chappie. Chappie. That's the one in Lake Champlain. You didn't know there's one in Lake Champlain, did I you? I didn't know that there's a plesiosaur there as well. Yeah, there's a fucking. Please, the Asur there. Well, uh, Matt, I have not read this yet, but I asked Matt, can you give us top five tips, not necessarily for surviving a deadly encounter? I didn't really spe- specify. Oh. Maybe. Oh, okay, oh. May, okay, if it's deadly encounter, then fine. But I just said top five tips for encountering the Loch Ness Monster. So I guess it's going to be a little bit more life or death knowing Matt. So I have not read this yet. We're going to have five tips in there. That'll be in a little while. So I would hope that you guys are still watching at that moment. We have other things we have to do tonight. Um, I have some Babylon B headlines we can go through. Uh, and a few other little items. Some of it involving Matt intimately. But first, I want to thank my sponsors. BlueMonsterPrep.com Blue Monster Prep, the weekend is here, and that means you have a little bit more time to take note of what is going on around your house, do some cleaning, do some consolidating, and make room for things that you cannot do without, things that will last you a long time, and you'll always, always be happy that you have it just in case. That is food, that is water filtration, that is any kind of alternative um, alternative radio and communication equipment that you can be sharing with your friends and your family locally if anything goes down with the power and the, um, you know, anything else, communications. So go to BlueMonsterPrep.com and get in touch with them. We have everything, almost everything you need on the affiliates page right now. You all met Tony last night from uh, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver, but tonight... Please supplement all of your economic planning with everything else that you can 
literally fine on bluemonsterprep.com. Get in touch with Pat and Gina. I just got another email from another Frankly out there. Said, I just ordered from Blue Monster Prep. Pat and Gina called me within like an hour of my inquiry. And you are right. Everybody is right. These are just wonderful people. Very helpful. And uh, if I ever need anything again, which everybody always comes back for more. Because you can't, just, you can't OD on prepping. You can't do it. So, that's that. Use promo code FRANKLY. Okay. Into the grab bag we go. Here is the first one up. Matt, you ready for this? Yes. Here we go. Man claims, this is from oddityscentral.com. That's a black screen. Man claims sandwich he ate five years ago has been causing him to fart ever since. What do you think he ate? I don't know. What did it? I don't understand. How does how does one person know that? Well, I'll tell you. This is what he says. What did he think he was never gonna fart again after one certain fart or something? Well, a UK man. He's from the UK, so oh, you know the, wow. the the farts are extra smelly out there. The United Kingdom man who ate a festive ham sandwich at a Christmas market he was visiting with his family in December of 2017 claims the snack has been causing him uncomfortable and uncontrollable flatulence ever since. Tyrone Prades has been living a nightmare for five years. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's a funny way of saying it. Um, and he claims it has all been because of a festive roll he ate at a Christmas market in Birmingham. Mere hours after eating the snack, Tyrone was hit by stomach cramps, fever, vomiting, and diarrhea. Would that be... If it's hours, would that be because of the the sandwich? Wouldn't a sandwich hit you like within the first hour, your digestion? Uh, I don't know. I don't really... I've never really gotten sick from eating. Me like, too. Oh, I'll knock on everything. Actually, once when I ate Thai food. Thai food will do it to you. Um, that alone sounds like an awful experience, but it was only the beginning of his troubles. Ever since that fateful day... Uh, the 46-year-old man has been suffering from regular and uncontrollable flatulence that causes him embarrassment and stomach noises that wake him up in the middle of the night. His own farts wake him up? You know who else had a fart farting problem? Who? Hitler. Hitler had gas? Yeah. Poor guy. He, he was really gassy. He'd fart through dinner. Oh, and, and of course, nobody can say anything. No. You better not. You better not say anything because... Al had a short temper. Yeah, all you just say is, better say is, oh, wow, this meal smells really good during dinner. Wow, what soup are we eating tonight? <laughs> the soup smells great. Um, I wonder what it is. Is this the actual, the dish? Why do they have that there? That looks like it would be very gassy. I see the corn. Well, although it's believed that the festive roll Mr. Prades ate five years ago contained salmonella, the defenders of the company operating the food staff, Frankfurt Christ uh, Christmas Market Limited, claim environmental health officers only found E. coli on a knife, but no salmonella, because the plaintiff did not suffer from an E. coli infection. They say the allegation of salmonella must be proven. So I hope that he, um, hope everything works out for him. Here's something that's very odd, uh, coincidental perhaps. I sent this to Jim Lee because of the show that we had earlier this week when we were talking about cloud seeding and heat waves, droughts, hurricanes. Um, we had that conversation about cloud seeding, how you never really 
it's not something that you can aim with any kind of precision, though you can bring lightning down with pinpoint precision. When it comes to cloud seeding, it's something that you can start at one place and it can morph into something uncontrollable and deadly in other places and uh, completely miss the target. And if the conditions aren't right, you can't make anything happen at all. But he did use the term feast or famine to describe the consequences of cloud seeding the other night. And then we get this story out of Las Vegas. Las Vegas Strip impacted by flooding in a rare storm. Las Vegas is one of the driest cities in the U.S. except for Thursday night as a severe thunderstorm rolled into the casino district and wreaked havoc. Footage shared on Twitter shows floodwaters flowing through Sin City's streets. Other videos captured the moment when the water poured into casinos. The social media user filmed the fast-moving storm sweeping through Vegas like a hurricane. Look at this. This is in the desert, ladies and gentlemen. That's in the desert. Um, breaking flash flooding occurring in downtown Nevada. Should uh, ask Mike from Maryland about this. I know. I spoke to him today. We didn't talk about it. Heavy rains affect Las Vegas while roads are underwater. A little bit more here. Um, well, this is the, the inside. That's coming out of LED screens. So, um, a person captured the moment when a part of the ceiling collapsed inside of Planet Hollywood, drenching game tables beneath. That's why it doesn't breathe. Uh-oh. Wow, okay. I mean, that's just, um... So, it's, it's very weird stuff here. Now, I, I wanted to ask people in Las Vegas, is this... How rare is this? Of course, all of the reporting is saying it's rare. So, go back and listen to what we were talking about on Tuesday night with Jim Lee... It was either Tuesday or Wednesday. I forget what it was. But I, I think that this is pretty interesting, if you ask me. But that, that also didn't stop today this declaration from Las Vegas and New Mexico. They declare emergency with less than 50 days of clean water supply left. So you have this drought that's going on, which is why I, which, this is why I asked Jim Lee, you know, with all the droughts happening and knowing that we had this cloud seeding weather modification technology available to us since the 1940s in a, you know, a high-tech aerosol top-down kind of a way, why the hell do we have drought season? And that's when we got into the conditions you need to actually have cloud seeding be effective. Now, whether or not, I, maybe it was... One of those things where we, we need, let's flood Las Vegas. Let's try to fill up those reservoirs. Obviously, one storm isn't going to fix what's been happening for the last few months. But they have Las Vegas and New Mexico declare emergency with less than 50 days of clean water supply left. It was Jim Lee who actually brought up how the future we would be fighting over water like we would be fighting over oil. And if you know any, if you've been watching any of the new Daniel Craig Bond films, you know that is the the main theme behind Quantum of Solace. Well, that's Mad Max too, bro. Hmm. Hey, people try to tell us. They try to tell us from time to time. 
they shoot a they shoot a message through the bow. Um, now here's really quick. This is from the Daily Mail. You can take someone's DNA and design a weapon that can kill them. House Intelligence Committee member warns people not to share health data with sites like 23andMe because it can be used to program new bioweapons to target them. That seems like a lot of trouble to go through just to kill one person. Uh, it's not necessarily one person. It's all, entire swaths of people that have certain gen genetic markers in, in, uh, in common, especially if it's ethnic. Um, but but if you wanted to precision assassinate someone, you could. This was U.S. Rep. Jason Crow warned that bioweapons are being made that use a target's DNA to only kill that person during the Aspen Security Forum on Friday. The congressman said the development of the weapon is worrisome given the popularity of DNA testing services like 23andMe or the fact that hundreds of millions of people have stuck uh, PCR swabs all the way up into their brain multiple times each and submitted that to one testing site or another. 23andMe has stated that it does not sell off customers' private information, but that other DNA companies have provided information to police upon request. In 2019, it was found that several Russian and Chinese labs were processing DNA tests for Americans through Medicare and Medicaid. Officials warned the bioweapons could also target animals and disrupt food supplies around the globe. Now, this is something, ladies and gentlemen, that you know, was tied into what was going on out there at the biolabs in Ukraine. We watched those incredible testimony, that the incredible testimony uh, lead, you know, this, this uh, pretty much scripted dialogue between Marco Rubio and Victoria Nuland a couple of months ago. And, and it was all the craze back then. Now it's kind of died down. But I got just, I just want to say this one thing. Dr. Charles Morgan, you can go watch this. It's about a 55-minute video. He was, in two, it was from 2018. He was talking specifically to, I think, cadets and other people, defense contractors at West Point. He was addressing people at West Point, talking not only about memory implantation, the how you can completely memory wipe somebody like in Men in Black, you can implant new memories, um, all that stuff. He total recall, bro. It was so much more than that, Matt. You gotta watch. It's 55 minutes. You would really appreciate it. It would scare the shit out of you. He even spoke about the development of nasal sprays that enhance your memory for a given period of time or cognitive function all uh, overall for a short period of time. Probably what they're shooting up Joe Biden's nose to keep him cognizant uh, just for at least a small window of time during the day. But that it was in that presentation we learned that they can remote control cells or entire organisms. Uh, we talk about they talk about how that they were able to store and replicate data, including moving images inside of bacteria. That when bacteria that w they were actually make it so that when bacteria self-replicated inside of the bacteria's DNA, there was these moving images of of of, uh, of a horse galloping. They were able to store information in bacteria, and this was what was readily declassified. And he was able to talk about back in 2018 for a seminar. So it is laughable. And I know for a fact, I forget who it was. It might have been another one that uh, Dr. Charles Morgan did. But I remember we were watching another presentation where they were talking, how, uh, talking about how DNA-specific assassination methods were, were possible. And they, 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 they've all, already been figured out where you can pretty much put a odorless 
gas into a room and only and out of like 30 people only one person would die based on whatever they've been able to garner from them dna wise so it is laughable to me that anybody out there would deem dna specific anything at this point especially when it comes to militarized technology a science fiction fantasy they need they just need to start learning how to deduce what is possible based on what has already been revealed if charles morgan is able to talk about remote controlling human beings on a cellular level in 2018 where it was legal for him to do so in a declassified way that means that the technology he was talking about in that west point presentation was already obsolete by at least three generations so as if this audience needed to hear it again which they do not do not take Rachel Maddow and all the idiots on MSNBC or Fox or CNN scoffing at the idea that there was weird things going on at biolabs that were going to target people on an ethnic level, that it's not possible, it's science fiction. We are so far beyond science fiction, it's not even funny. And one last thing I want to do, because this is something else. <clears throat> Matt, this is something else right here. This is from The Atlantic. The headline is how six states could overturn the 2024, the 2024 election. Over, what are they talking about overturn? If Donald Trump doesn't win the 2024 election, I'm going to fucking kill myself. Yeah, this, is the last, this is the last chance. This is the last time. He is the la- it's the last chance that he has to keep you alive. It's the last chance. But, the, but I, I repeat again, this is... How six states could overturn, that means something has already been done, overturn the 2024 election. So, seriously, think about this for a second. This is written by Barton Gelman. He says, late last month in one of its final acts of the term, the Supreme Court queued up another potentially precedent-wrecking decision for the next year. The court's agreement to hear Moore versus Harper, a North Carolina redistricting case, isn't just bad news for efforts to control gerrymandering. The court's right-wing supermajority is poised to let state lawmakers overturn voters' choice into presidential elections. You ask yourself, what? What are you talking about? To understand the stakes and the motives of the Republicans who brought the case, you need only the one, uh, one strategic fact of political uh, arithmetic. Six swing states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Georgia, and North Carolina, are trending blue in presidential elections, but ruled by gerrymandering Republican state legislatures. No comparable red-trending states are locked into Democrat legislatures. So I- I'm going to put this into, into, into uh, criminal terms for you. The people at the Atlantic who were have been working in earnest like the people at Axios to put out one thing or another are trying to let everybody know who who reads this in an unironic way that there is some kind of theory there's some kind of scam that is trying to put the power to uh to to decide how elections are run inside the states by the legislatures. That is not a theory, it's not a scam, it's just the Constitution. It's Article 2, Clause 2 
Article 2, Clause 2, the state legislatures are the be-all, end-all. If the state legislatures are controlled by Republicans uh, and, and the state happens to be trending blue because their biggest cities are going to always be Democrat socialist lovers, then oh fucking well. That's, that's actually democracy. You know, democracy makes a republic possible. The lower elections mean everything. Oh fucking well. They're trying to make this seem like there's some kind of a scheme. And this is the reason why what John Roberts did with the whole Pennsylvania mail-in, uh, mail-in ballots nonsense and, uh, and, and pretty much cutting out the state legislature out of the decision to put Pennsylvania on these mail-in ballots for the 2020 election was so egregious because it was a violation of Article 2. 100% violation of Article 2. State legislatures are the only ones who have the power here. If you're complaining that your state legislature isn't politically appealing to you, it's no, it's who the fuck, I don't care. Nobody should care. Go out there and campaign for somebody you want and try to try to change the, uh, the majorities up, whatever the hell you want. But here they are in the Atlantic painting this as, first of all, first of all, they're according to them, the 2024 election has already been won by Democrats. That's it. They've already been won by Democrats. And seemingly won because I guess in 2020 they managed to claim these states. You know, these are all states that Trump won in 2016. And of course he was, he was kicking the shit out of Joe Biden on the cam tra- campaign trail. But we know how November 2020 ended up. So now it's on the books that Democrats own these states because they won them in 2020. And uh, we know why they own these states, because their state legislatures were cut out of decision-making largely, and this mail-in ballot stuff really screwed everybody and, uh, and took away accountability and integrity from the entire damn thing. So now they're pretty much saying that, I guess, trends, uh, it, it's impossible for anybody to ever want to go in another direction except Democrat. So they're already saying that 2024 is going to be in the bag in these swing states for the Democrats and Republicans committing to this scheme of Article 2, Article 2, Section 2, this scheme that is the Constitution, uh, it could, it, th- this could overturn the election. So the election that is over two years away has already been won and may be overturned. The victory may be overturned if the Supreme Court rules that yes the state legislatures do in fact have the 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 first and final say in these matters it's just incredible it's just incredible what they constantly layer in there and what they telegraph and what they prepare you for and these are people who call you terrorist minded these are terrorists the media are the enemies of humanity for helping it along whether they're doing it knowingly or they are just painfully and dangerously ignorant. This is very dangerous shit. We are not even, we are months away from the midterms and they're already layering this in for the presidential in 2024. Just be prepared because this is only gonna get uglier. Uh, We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. One ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. 
Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! thinking Matt well I know what you're thinking the song says it all uh, speak softly love that's the name of the song you know I love looking into the comments of these of these uploads so this is of course the the, the song that was used as a theme for the Godfather and here's what the top comment from a year ago it says nine-year-old me when the hotel employee calls me sir <laughs> starts feeling like the godfather it's true it's very empowering hello sir what else do we have um, someone else said when the world ends this should be played to the end credits that would be that would be something else um, either that or sandblasted skin by Pantera. This masterpiece makes me nostalgic for something I didn't even have. Yes, a life in crime. Very, very few of us have that. You're right. Uh, oh, here's another one. Someone says, when you drink water out of a wine glass. Very classy. Some Vito Corleone quotes, a friend should always underestimate your virtues and an enemy overestimate your faults. Good stuff. Blood makes you related. Loyalty makes you family. I, I, I can hang on these comment sections all, the t all day, all night. I really could. So, Matt, I know that we've had a lot of, uh, a lot of shit going on this week, but there's just uh, there's so much we can do to have fun tonight. I got to say, there's, there was a new... Something very disturbing came across my desk a few days ago. I think you told me about it. Very disturbing stuff. Baseless accusations. Yes. Uh, well, I don't know if it's baseless. It's baseless. Uh, it's it's uh, it's Tim Alberino, and he's pretending to be someone else because I exposed him as being a cat. So you think that this is actually Timothy Alberino? Yeah. Or or one of his muses or whatever. His, his muses. <laughs> <laughs> You're my muse. Would you be able to go out there and frame a man for me? Of course, Tim. Um, so you, you want to? What do you want to do? You want to talk about your accusation, or do you want to go into Babylon Bay first? It's your show. Whatever you would prefer to do. All right, here. Let's just go into the accusation then. I woke up a few days ago and I got this once again from this B. Mulaney guy. 
Mulaney. Boom Mulaney. Uh, it, this is. He's, it sounds like someone that probably, if it's a real person himself, is probably a feline. Well, you actually just adopted a new cat today, didn't you? I didn't adopt it. I trapped it. But you're keeping it now. Yeah. It's a, it's a cute cat. It is. Matt brought it by the house yesterday. Drunkard. Uh, his name is Drunkard. His name is Drunkard. And they, uh, he allowed Aurora to meet Drunkard, and she was she was so, she just thought it was so precious. <laughs> she went oh. <laughs> so that was nice. So Drunkard has a new home. But here's the email I got. All right. Uh, hey, Frank, I've been blowing the whistle in the Super Chats about evidence I saw in the Hunter Biden iCloud leak <laughs> revealing that Matt is actually a cat person. <laughs> the Hunter Biden. I know. Th th this is where the evidence. I have evidence to show everybody. Oh, now this guy's connecting me with Hunter Biden, too? Well, I, I don't know. I needed to just bring it up to you. On last Friday's show, Matt claimed there is no evidence. Joke's on him. Because I have evidence, and I'm ready to share it with the masses. See the attached. And I have it over here. I'll show oh you a second. God. The first screenshot. Screenshot. The first screenshot is from a conversation between Hunter and someone. <laughs> is between a conversation between Hunter and someone he has saved as Papa Joe, a.k.a. the big guy. Papa Joe gives Hunter a list of known cat people alive today and highlighted a very suspicious name that appears on that list. Also notice, let's get to that right now. Here it is. Uh, Papa Joe says to Hunter, this is a real screenshot, ladies and gentlemen, says to Hunter, hey, Hunter, here's a list of all the known cat people alive today. <laughs> Katmala Harris, Michelle Big Mike Obama. Claus Schwab, <laughs> Matt from Quite Frankly, <laughs> Vladimir Putin, Mittens Trudeau, Love You Bo, oh, I mean Hunter. And then, of course, he says in response, Thanks, Dad. None of this Hunter stuff has been verified, bro. Well, the email also said, Frank, notice, please notice that Timothy Alberino's name appears nowhere on the list. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's, uh, I can, you know, I can eventually figure out how to make a little fake message like that, too. Well, now, there's a second, there's a second one. Here's the second one. But I have, I gave you evidence that I'm not a cat. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show that next. Well, we're going to hear it, because I, we're just going to hear the audio, and I'll, uh, I'll explain why. Uh, <laughs> hold on one second. Matt, take, take your headphones off for a second. What, are you going to sell secret about me? Well, I'm going to sell secret to you. I'm gonna, I don't want anybody to hear this. Okay. All right, so, okay, so there we... <laughs> now, here is the second screenshot. It's a little bit more disturbing. This looks hey, like it's, it's between <laughs> Cat, Matt and Hunter. And he, he goes, the second screenshot's from a conversation between Hunter and someone saved as Matt the Cat. He admits to it all, Frank. Here it goes. <laughs> he says, hey, Hunty, this is Matt, frequent guest on the Quite Frankly podcast. <laughs> I don't, I would never talk like that. I, Anyone who knows me knows I would never talk like that. And Nothing would be proper. Well, you, you continue by saying, I just wanted to remind you that I am a cat person, rawr. And then Hunter Biden says, oh, cool, man. What's up? Hey, does Frank know that you're a cat? <laughs> does Frank know that you're a cat person? And then you say, allegedly, no, 
I'm and then there's three cat emojis. No, I'm framing a good <laughs> Christian man. <laughs> Matt says, no, I'm framing a good Christian man named Timothy Alberino. Now Frank's think Frank thinks he's a cat. I'm such a naughty kitty. Wow, this is no, no. I'm I'm more religious than him. My cousin's a priest. Oh, so by, di <laughs> by diffusion. Yeah, this just abs this absurd accusations. By osmosis, you are more holy than Timothy Alberino. Now here's now as Matt said, he did send in when I told him. I didn't show him the evidence, but he did say that. Okay, well I have to show you something to prove I'm not a cat. I'm gonna send you. Here is Matt. <laughs> he, he went on a job recently, and he sent sent me a video. He had to go clear a rat trap, and there was a dead rat in this trap. And it's just laying there, it's dead, and he's, you know, thankfully, he saved another family from yet another vile vermin. Uh, from more vile vermin, I should say. And here you go, listen to this video, because it's going to be audio for you. You're going to hear him walk up to the rat, the dead rat, and, uh, and, uh, and hit it with another trap. He goes, and you'll hear what he's saying. It's a little... Yeah, I'm a cat. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fucking cat. More cat do this. Look at that. It's a fucking baby rat. Would a fucking cat do this? Come here, you motherfucker. First of all, would a cat ever attack a rat? I'd say yes. Which is why I don't even know why you chose that as an argument. I, I don't even know why you chose that. But then, the only other thing I thought when I got this video sent to me is that I cannot tell you, Matt, how much I wish that whoever owned this house was in the next room hearing the exterminator mumble to himself, I'm not a fucking cat. I'm not a fucking cat. Oh, God. He was in a church. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, just imagine hiring an exterminator and, and hearing in the next room him mumbling to himself over and over. Hearing a bang. I'm not a cat. I'm not a fucking cat. This has gone. This has gone to. Uh, I would. I, I would never expected the depths to this has gone. <laughs> I cannot believe where this is. Jeez. <laughs> oh, hold on. Yeah. I, I don't think they're that funny when I do them or whatever I do. Oh, they're hilarious. These videos are hilarious. <laughs> this just hilarious. I want to. Oh, where is it again? Here. One more time. Yeah, I'm a cat. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fucking cat. Would a cat do this? Look at that. It's a fucking baby rat. Would a fucking cat do this? <laughs> Come here, you motherfucker. <laughs> so there you go. That's that's settled. 
Yeah, I'm definitely not a cat. That's settled. Fucking Timmy and, and this fella. This fella's probably drinking more milk than the kitten I got at back home. Yeah. Right now. Probably playing with some yarn. You know, I, I really do think that there's something probably something to that. I think all the people making accusations might actually be the cat people. Yeah. I if I was like a hybrid animal, I wouldn't be like a cat person. Alright. So you want to do some Babylon B headlines? Here you go. Here's the first one. Do you hear about there was a Republican and Democrat uh, softball game today? Yeah, the repubes won ten nothing. Right, right. Well, that's because of course you have people like the the, the always constipated Eric Swalwell. Look at this. Tell me that this man. That's him. Yeah. Tell me that that's not a <laughs> that's not a constipated. The headline is Congress enjoys America's favorite pastime before returning to work to destroy America's future. <laughs> That's wow, dude! Look how weak he is. He, well, yeah, you got pil pillow biters like him on the team. Of course, they're going to get mauled ten nothing. What do you What do you think is going to happen? Is that a Chick Fil A advertisement in the back? I thought Chick Fil A it was is. bad. It is because they don't work on Sunday. Yeah, that's. Um, I just don't know how Eric Swalwell played that constipated. He always looks like he's he's been backed up for days and. Uh, well, he, it's he's you know he's got a plug. It's plugged, so you know you don't have to worry about any eruptions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's another one. Um, Democrats quickly redefine loss after losing congressional baseball game, because they redefine recession, so that they didn't have to take the L there. But you know, only only infants believe what they have to say. Anyway. I don't know who Dave Ramsey is. Do you know who this guy is? Nah, never mind. Here, listen to this. Government that shut down businesses, parks, schools, beaches, and churches for two years says there's nothing we can do to stop a disease spread by gay, <laughs> spread by gay sex. <laughs> Rochelle Walensky. Did such you hear what Tucker called it? The uh, schlong COVID. Schlong COVID. It's true. <laughs> and this Walensky woman is such a joke. She's such a joke. Um, here you go. Army unsure why their new slogan, America is racist, you should die for it, gets, isn't, isn't getting traction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. Oh, wait, wait. Words redefined. Recession is recovery. The old term, Hispanics. New term is breakfast tacos. Mm -hmm. Woman, mm -hmm. nothing. They don't know what a woman is. Monkeypox is virus that definitely infects everyone equally, regardless of sexual orientation. Uh, horse reins is whip of death. Inflation is savings of 2%. Baby Yoda is Grogu. Well, that's true. That's true. Grogu. Grogu is the name of, of Baby Yoda from the... Uh, oh. From the uh, Mandalorian. Uh, let's see. Murder is healthcare. Not handcuffed is handcuffed. Groomer is valued public school teacher. You can't say that word on the internet anymore. I just said it. It was not good. And truth is misinformation. Here's one more. Sneaky parents dress up son as a girl on first day of school so teachers will show him how to be a boy. Just whatever the opposite is, they're going to go for it. Man. One more here. White House reassures America that Biden is doing better. He slept well. He ate his breakfast and had, <laughs> and had a full had a full diaper. <laughs> He's doing great. He's doing great. Biden says, "I don't know if we're in a recession. I'm not a biologist." 
And one last one, gamers frustrated by new female Grand Theft Auto character constantly <laughs> running over curbs. Very, very frustrating. You can't, can't control the car at all anymore. All right. Okay. So, I have a few things here now that we got that out of the way. And it's 735. I have a few things here I'd love to do with you. Now, we're going to take some calls. We're going to go to some super chats and all that. And perhaps we can start with that right now. But I have the real-life Loch Ness Monster we have to talk about. And there's also the Saudi Arabia's new mirrored city. Yeah, I heard about that. So let's, let's check our super chats real quick because quick, we can do those a little bit more frequently on a Friday. Friday. Here we go. Vesselfoot says, found you by searching for Jason Burmis interviews, coincidentally, the day after you had him on. I've been a daily morning after um, listener ever since. Your show kicks ass. Excited for another with Burmis. Much love from down here in Amish country, Lancaster, PA. Wow, that's great. Yeah. I need to get some more of their milk. Their raw milk. Their raw milk, yeah, straight from the cow. That's what I'm going to have when I, if, if I get that farm. But I'm going to have a cow. I'm going to have fresh cow milk every morning. Well, I bet you any money Vesselfoot probably gets all of their raw milk and cheeses and things like that right from the, those, those Amish. Yeah. Um, and, and all those farms out there. Thankfully, that they, they have delivery services to New York. You have to have a, um, a minimum of $50 of of produce though because you know they're traveling five hours but still i have a lot of a lot of a lot of respect and i would love to go out there and hang out in the lancaster area a few times really do and and i'm glad that some people still organically find the show and yes jason is coming on again in august i think he's one of the last guests i have on before i go on my little vacation in that third week fourth week of august and um it's great to have you. Thank you. Thank you for being out there and stick around. Tell friends. Scuba Steve says, we all know Matt is a cat and has nine lives, so if Trump loses the election, he will just be fine. No, I'll kill myself eight more times after that. No, it just has to be done. At that point, if he loses, it doesn't matter how many lives you have on the, uh, on the ledger. It has to go. Captain Cast Iron says, I think it's a safe assumption that if you, um, if you see the tech... In a movie, it's already developed. If you hear about the tech being developed in the mainstream media, it's already been used. Example, the DNA assassinations. Also, that the plot, uh, that's the plot in the newest Bond movie. Yes. And you know what? I, did you see the, the latest Bond? No. I liked it. I think it was, I think it was one of the best ones uh, since Casino Royale. I know a lot of people were upset about the ending, but um, whatever. I... Whatever I, I thought it was actually pretty good. Well, the original Dune, the Dune, in the Dune, they had they used sound waves as weapons, and that was the books or whatever, yeah. like you know. Yeah, and now we know we ever since the book. The, the, when did the books come out? Seventies. I think it was the sixties. Sixties, seventies. Well, the the movie was in the eighties. Yeah. The David Lynch movie. Eighty three. Yeah, and now we know a lot more about active denial <clears throat> weapons. You know, sound waves, um, almost like those microwaves make you feel like you're burning up. We know a lot more about active denial now. And I believe that voice-to-skull technology, like voice-of-God technology, I believe that is characterized under under active denial. No? I don't know. Well, maybe somebody else out there can tell me. 
31 minutes ago, we have <laughs> New York State of Mind Crystal Shop says, Happy Friday, everyone. Have a great weekend. Great job as per usual, Frank. I'm glad that you enjoyed yourself. NY State of Mind Crystal Shop. And here we go. B. Mullaney, your arch rival is here. Says, Matt is a cat, and I can't, and I sent Frank the screenshots to prove it. The truth will be revealed. <laughs> stay, stay safe. Stay safe, and God bless. So, you know, sunlight is the best disinfectant. Thank you so much for selling the farm. Hilarious, Matt. Thanks for the laughs. That's on Rumble. And over on Foxhole, we have our wonderful friends pouring in already. Donkey Punch, thanks for, <coughs> thanks for the I Like Turtles, kid. I Like Turtles. This is God's Wrath. Is this God's la wrath beginning? Phil Lake Mead, but they whine. Uh, Cave Toad says nobody got the Jill, the way, wait, the Jill Yourself pill pot to name the song reference SOD is so fun to Frank. I, I'm going to have to reread that later on. Uh, did you and Matt coordinate white t-shirts tonight? Actually, no. No, it's just something I actually changed into this. That's all I had, too, yeah. Yeah. Frank, I haven't watched you over for a week. Great to tune in to laughter. It's great to have you here, Jules. And Carrie Lake says, great show, Frank. Great to have you, Carrie. All right, so let's go over to Saudi Arabia, then. Did you ever see that movie? That movie, uh, there's cat people. They morph in, into cats. You ever seen that? Wasn't it Wasn't it a uh, Steven Spielberg? It was, right? I, I think it was, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. pretty sure it was a Steven Spielberg book or a novella or something like that. Yeah, and that, that dude mentioned filling up Lake Mead, man. Maybe there was something the government didn't want to uh, come up when everything got dried up. Well, that was by the, the Hoover Dam, right? Well, no, right? This Lake Mead. Where's that at? Isn't that in Nevada? Let me see here. <clears throat> oh, hold on a second. Uh, largest reservoir, Lake Mead, at the Hoover Dam, is in very, very bad shape. As far as record low water levels, so yeah, that's that's the Hoover Dam reservoir, Lake Mead. That's the one that has the town at the bottom of it. Town has been covered by water. So I, I guess that is that's all part of it, and this services a lot of areas. Obviously, it's big big thing there. What is this? More human remains. This is two days ago, actually. Listen to this. Uh, from the New York Post. More human remains found amid receding water levels on Lake Mead. A third set of human remains has been found um, around the shores of Lake Mead as a mega drought causes the reservoir's water levels to drop to the lowest stages since the 1930s. Yeah, I bet you any money that last night that little storm was just a, a desperate cloud seeding something to try to dump some water into the reservoirs. I bet you any money. It was just too... St Unless somebody from Vegas can, can write in right now and tell me, or over the weekend we can follow up with it uh, on Monday... And tell me that no, 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 no. We we see this every time to time. Something this crazy storm, in the middle of the desert. Um, Rangers say they contacted Clark County Coroner's Office, who took possession of the remains, and it will determine the person's identity and the cause of death. This is the lowest drop in the lake reservoir since the 1930s. 
The lake level has dropped more than 150 feet since 2000, and the lowering water stage has exposed everything from boats to critical intake valves for hydropower generation. Lieutenant Ray Spencer of the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department Homicide Division warned after the first set of remains was found in May that more discoveries were likely as dropping water levels revealed sites not seen in decades. So, how's that? It's a man-made lake. It's drying up. Yeah. Well, speaking of man-made, speaking of living in the desert, check this out. Now, this is from The Verge, but a lot of people have gone and, uh, and covered it over the last couple of uh, days or so. This week is one of the bigger stories, non-political stories, but you can always make something political about it. Here it is. Here it is. Saudi Arabia's new mirrored city looks like a huge dystopian wall in the desert. And mirrored is right. It is really like a gigantic wall. And when you check out the size of this, I have a video here we can watch together. Have a good gawk at Saudi Arabia's plans for a linear city. It's already being called The Line. Often on the internet, completely deranged CGI infrastructure concepts cooked up by board design students go mildly viral, like those public transit discs that ride above the traffic on stilts or the idea for nuclear-powered flying hotels. Very rarely, these half-baked renders are backed by one of the wealthiest sovereign wealth funds in the world. But such is the case with Saudi Arabia's plan to build what looks like a huge mirrored wall in the desert. If you've not been following this saga, let me get you up to speed. Saudi Arabia has a lot of money, and Saudi Arabia's crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, MBS, has a lot of ambition. In order to leave his mark on the world, MBS plans to develop a huge city in the desert named Neom, which will incorporate pretty much every futuristic technology you can think of, from the merely ambitious, like vertical farms and cloud seeding, to the sci-fi fantastical, like robot cage flights and a fake moon for some reason. Robot cage fights. That's like right out of AI. That movie AI. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool, though. Well, let's go on. The whole thing has been strongly criticized, with reports revealing problems from vast <laughs> overspending to oppressive treatment of local tribes who have been forcibly re relocated for the project. Um, but MBS has reportedly declared the project My Pyramids, and so work forges on. The latest twist is a newly revealed design for the line, a vertical city, some 500 meters tall, 170 kilometer, uh, kilometers in length, and for some reason covered in mirrors. Probably to keep the, all the, the temperature a little bit better controlled inside of this human terrarium. So they're, they're trying to build a an environment that has been isolated inside this thing. Just look at the promo video below and try to convince me that this is not the result of some very excitable marketing execs and Fortnite of all-nighters in Blender. So take a listen, take a watch. Let me know what you think about this. For too long, humanity has existed within dysfunctional and polluted cities that ignore nature. Now, a revolution in civilization is taking place. Imagine a traditional city and consolidating its footprint, designing to protect and enhance nature. 
The line will be home to 9 million residents and will be built with a footprint of just 34 square kilometers. And we are designing it to provide a healthier, more sustainable quality of life. The line's communities are organized in three dimensions. Residents have access to all their daily needs within five-minute walk neighborhoods. And the line's infrastructure makes it possible to travel end-to-end -end in 20 minutes with no need for cars. So for we're about halfway through this right now, and I just want everybody uh, in podcast land to know they are showing how entire desert communities and cities, many of whom have probably been there for hundreds of years, can be consolidated into what is literally like being packed like rats inside of a wall. It's a gigantic structure, but it cuts right through the desert for miles and miles and miles, and there's many levels of, of, of I don't know, walkways and apartments and everything you can possibly need, but a lot of, I don't know, I would say fl flora as well. You're going to see what kind of atmosphere they want to create inside of this giant mirrored wall with millions of rats inside. But take a look, and then we'll, we'll, we'll ask about the, the pros and the cons a little bit. Here we go. Resulting in zero carbon emissions. By leveraging AI technology, services are autonomous, saving you time and effort. Designed by world-leading architects, the line is 500 meters tall, 200 meters wide. So for, for context there, 500 meters tall, they just use the Eiffel Tower and the Empire State Building as a comparison. The Empire State Building being 450 meters tall. So this is a gigantic, it's almost like the ice wall in Game of Thrones, but it's in the middle of the desert and it's mirrors instead of ice. 170 kilometers long and housed within an elegant mirror glass facade. Intelligent solutions create efficiency and year round temperate microclimate with natural ventilation. Energy and water supplies are 100% renewable. The line is designed as a series of unique communities, offering a wealth of amenities, providing equitable views and immediate access to the surrounding nature, with 40% of the world accessible within six hours at the heart of the globe's key trade routes, a place for commerce and communities to thrive like nothing on earth seen before. The Line, the city that delivers new wonders for the world. What do you think? I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid, too. Are they forcing people into that? I don't know. I mean, from, from the way that The Verge was talking about this, they're saying that people are already being displaced. And when they're saying already, it says, uh, the whole thing has been strongly criticized with reports revealing problems from vast overspending to oppressive treatment of local tribes who have been forcibly relocated for the project, which means, which would suggest, here it is, Saudi re residents push back against Crown Prince's megacity plan. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Saudi Arabia's government is facing rare resistance to one of the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's signature projects as members of a tribe in the kingdom's northwest say they won't leave their homes to make way for a new megacity, according to a residence, to residents there and rights activists. 
Plans for the futuristic urban development, GNOME, were unveiled by Prince Mohammed in 2017 as part of an ambitious effort to reshape Saudi Arabia's oil-dependent economy. It's expected to cover an area nearly the size of Belgium along the Red Sea coast. So I guess this is already in works, and it's not just hypothetical. It's not like one of those futuristic car expos where these most impractical things show up and um, or people at those fashion shows that show up dressed in trash. Derelict the derelict, derelict my balls. Just incredible, though, what they're doing here. And look at these renders. I mean, just look at them, they say. Do these look like realistic visions of the future to you? They look like that meme of an unimaginably utopian future, which I guess is the point. Here's the inside that they say. There's going to be waterfalls and trees and ample lighting all over the place and people picnicking in fake parks and all that shit. Look at that. There's a forest down there under some mega concrete structure. There's always an ample amount of natural sunlight streaming in like it's ordained by God. And where did this ocean come from? Where people scuba diving and there's just schools of fish more plentiful than anywhere on Earth. And then this. That looks like it's straight out of Blade Runner. What the hell is this with the hanging gardens and I mean, let's be honest, this would, if they did pull this off exactly like this, it would definitely be one of the greatest wonders of the world. But it, this is, this just seems like, it's just nonsense. Just nonsense. I mean, how long did the big dig go on in Boston, Massachusetts? Like 40 years? How the hell is this going to happen? Then again, they are a very, very rich kingdom out there, so, um, but yeah. All right, 7.53. We're going to jump into the intermission a little bit early because I may have to get off a little bit early, and we're going to take your calls about this, about anything else. It's Friday. We're just going to open up the lines and see what everybody's feeling. So in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, take your notes, write them all down, and jump in to the conversation later on. And We'll have the Discord open, the Skype, the Super Chats, and let's see what else. Don't go anywhere. Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Quite frankly. 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 Qu
Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Quite frankly. In Roma, Italia. Quite frankly. You're going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Uh, Matt, did you see that uh, Yankee game last night? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Wow. One on the second hit of the game. Only the second hit. Boy, weird. Hey, have you seen what's been going on at Sesame Place? Oh, the the lawsuit with the kid? The, all the racism? It's all nonsense. The, the guy in the suit was black? What was he? Yeah. Because I, I I wouldn't be surprised. The Cookie Monster or whatever. Yeah. And they they were they crossed the line they weren't supposed to cross, and he even like gave them five with the other hand. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It's I saw it. Just it's so ridiculous. If you haven't seen it, of course there's there's a lot of there's a couple of loser money grubbing money grubbing families out there who think that they can make a couple of dollars off of their skin color right now, and it's and now everybody's trying to overanalyze. The interactions that these characters, these people in costume at Sesame Place, are having with children based on the children's skin color. Are they getting preferential treatment because they're white? Are they not being, uh, uh, you know, adored because they're black? Uh, and, and when I saw the first video come out, because there's been more than one incident now, where they're like, look, 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 and I say to myself, I bet you any money the people inside of these costumes are black or Hispanic or something like that. I bet you any money, and I can't wait to see it come out. Yeah. But regardless of that, I've been in one of those costumes just for a moment. I put one of the heads on just for a moment. You cannot see anything in there, number one. Number two, the first video that came out where the, I don't know, some Sesame Street character that's like a light green got, got a hand, a high five from somebody in the audience right before they came by the two little black girls, got a high five from the person in the audience, uh, but didn't like it. when they when the when they were touched. They said no, no, no. No, so, he gave the little. If you look close, he did high five with one hand, and the other hand he gives one of the kids a high we're five. We're I'm talking about the first video that came out, the first video that came out, the one that started all this shit. There was this this you know green. Th hold on, I'll show you. Wait, I'll have to go dig it up here. Uh, racist Sesame Street. Let's see. Oh, here you go. Yeah, yeah, this one. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't see this, this one. Is the, this, is the, this is the first one. Oh, hold on. It's an inside edition. Just give me the original, damn it. Experts weigh you in. You can't find any more original th shit or anything like that. All these fucking big fucking mainstream things control it. YouTube used to be fun, man. It used to be very fun. And now it's, uh... 
and now it's just all of this just just give me the original I hate I have to look at all the damn commentary uh, let me just pick one and see if we can get through it nope I'm not going to listen to these people they're probably all outraged apologizing for families here look, look at look at the song places now apologize Wait, look at the solemn nature ABC Philadelphia how they're reporting on this here's the solemn nature of this Sesame Place is now apologizing for family's experience at the park this past weekend as seen in a now viral video. After continuing backlash, the family venue now says it knows that what happened is not okay and that it's committed to making things right. A mother posted <clears throat> this video showing... Look, now look. Okay, so what happens is not... Because Sesame Place, of course, is freaked out. They know that the eye of Sauron is upon it. And there is no way to get out of this except kneel beg for mercy, and do anything to make up. But here you go. Watch this character. Two African-American daughters waving there is a little bit. at the Sesame Street character, Rosita. The mother of... Now, now why, now why the, 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 the other person got rejected and said, no, no, no. No, no, no. And then, and then I, all of a sudden, like what, he actually started saying no to the crowd with the white person. Like, don't touch me. No, no, no. And then just started scooting away. But the fact that there are two little black girls standing next to the white person, I mean, it's just not, it, it really is, it's micro, uh, it's micro analyzation of something that's so ridiculous. And now everybody is trying to analyze how these people in costume who can't see a damn thing are interacting uh. with, with children that are just schooling all around them. It's pathetic. It re we're just, we're so pathetic. Uh, it, they shouldn't do the uh, parades anymore now. They're they not going let, to. They should let whoever the hell this is ruin it for everyone so that everyone will hate them. Listen. And then when they go back to school, they, they won't have any friends. <laughs> it's, it's not even about that. They don't care if it's ruined for everybody else because they don't actually give a shit. Uh, Number one, they keep their crutch. They keep their, their chip on their shoulder. And they keep their, their, uh, you know, their terrible, unhealthy world outlook about how everybody hates us because of our, our skin. The second thing is they want retribution. So if they can get any kind of a settlement or money or, you know, you can stay in our hotel for an entire week, all things included. They, they just want to be treated like kings and queens for a little bit. Uh, other than that, you best believe that there is going to be thick velvet ropes up. And they're going to tell all their performers, you, you go nowhere near that rope. You stay away from you the kids. Stay away you look from all together. Kid, you're fucking fired. Yep. Just dance down the street like an idiot, and don't go within five feet of any child, because you can't see everybody around you. You have no field of vision. So you're you're really at a disadvantage if you're standing next to a black kid and you don't even know it. All of a sudden, you're a racist. Your job's to entertain our guests, but stay away from them. Stay far away from. Don't even look at them. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Okay, let's uh let's take a call. Oh, who's this? King Forty. Hey, what's happening, man? What's going on? You're what's with me. It's, it's it's you, me, and Matt. Hold on, baby. What's that? It's you, me, and Matt. Hey, what's happening, Matty? What's up, King? What's happening, Catman? What? Oh, no, no. King even... knows I'm not a cat. No, King's been with you. He knows you're not a cat. I know. I was just fucking <laughs> with you. Hey, um, that, 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 uh, what, that Lion City they're building? Yeah. 
this is a fucking problem, right? It, now, they're, they're doing that, right, because they want certain people that are undesirable in society, so these people think. But the real people that are undesirable are these people that actually manufacture this shit in their brains. Because these are like a Bill Gates or, as an example, like these people can't function in normal society. They're basically fucking retarded. So they think up this wacky shit because they don't know how to deal oh. with people on their own. So how do I get as many people away from me as I can? It's true. And they think up this wacky shit. You know what? It's a great I'm point. I'm talking about. Oh, psychologically, I think, you, I think you've got a big part of it nailed right there. How can we put 9 million plebs that we don't want to see because we see that, they're, that we think that they're scumming beneath us into a glass mm. wall? They're stuffing people into a wall like they're silverfish. It makes sense, don't it, Frankie? Oh, hell yeah, it does. You know? Hey, you know what I was thinking, too? You know how we got all this uh, anti-white resentment in this country and pretty much worldwide and stuff? I figured out why white people are hated so much right now. It's the same reason the New York Yankees and the New England Patriots are hated. So take that and put it in your pipe and smoke it, motherfuckers. <laughs> what, the championships? <laughs> hey, makes sense. It's like the first thing I said. Oh man, you, you know it's it's true because it's Again, going back to king, going Matt Frankie and Matt. Leave them alone. No, I know. I'm saying, but saying, I stand by my opinions. Going back to it's true what you were saying about your first thing. Uh, the first thing you said about the the wall, though. Because you think about what they're doing over here without these lines, the line city that they're trying to do. Uh, what are they trying to do otherwise? They're trying to make you eat fungus cheeseburgers and, and all this weird yogurt products and and this uh, and uh, the, the the bugs and it, it's very weird. And the, yeah, and the 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 the, the uh, uh, vegan burgers, which is like high levels of estrogen and shit, which is making the men in our country bitches and shit like that. It's, it's a horrible thing. It is definitely a war on this country. They don't fight wars like they used to no more. They don't need guns, tanks, and shit like that. Hey, you know what I mean? Are, are you, about? you know what? Are you going to come down uh, Are you gonna come down to do another show from the studio in October like we did last year? If you want me to, of course I will. I will do anything. Well, let's, let's do another Saturday night show because you know what we did last time. We all had steak. We ate like men. Yes. So we'll just do that again. Well, actually, you know, if I come down again, I'd, I'd much rather have a salad and a tofu burger, Frankie, if you don't mind. That could be arranged. <laughs> no, I, I would absolutely love to do that. I look forward to that. All right. Well, we'll talk about it. Well, thanks oh, for... hey, listen. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I want to tell your audience, and we're going to keep this a surprise, but to your audience... Me and Frankie are working on a big guest, a legend, right, Frankie? That would be great, yeah. Me and Frankie are working on a big guest for Quite Frankly, so you motherfuckers stay tuned. We're trying to make it happen. You can tell Matt, but just don't tell the audience because we have to score it first. You're right, you're right, you're right. We'll, we'll just hype it up. I'll let him know later. Thanks for the call, man. Thank you, brother. All right, take care. There you go. There's King Forty calling in from his home base. From the home base. Now, in the Discord, I got a couple people letting me know that uh, Casey Kakalak, he says, Frankie, it is Sleepwalkers. That's the Stephen King screenplay. 
cat. Is that what it is? And when they like morph into cats or whatever? Yeah, sleepwalkers. Sleepwalkers. And then Bo uh, says, Frank, every time I went to DEF CON, it's a hacker convention in Vegas. It rained. But not as much as this event, of course. And DEF CON happens about this time every year. Or it used to, at least. So, I wonder... I'm still wondering, is that normal? But 914-595-6953, we did a little bit of the line city. Uh, let's do this Loch Ness Monster while we take some, some calls. I'd like to get Matt's thoughts on, on the record here. So here's the first story, then we'll get to Matt's tips, because he is an animal expert. And a survival expert. Survival expert, and I like to defer defer to him on all this kind of stuff. The Daily Wire reported a couple days ago, real-life Loch Ness Monster, paleontologists discover fossils of marine dinosaur in fresh water. Just like they're finding fossils of people in Lake Mead right now. Could the Loch Ness Monster be real? It's plausible. After a team of paleontologists in Morocco discovered fossils of an aquatic dinosaur species in a freshwater environment. In A or the, The group of scientists from the University of Bath and the University of Portsmouth in the UK and the University Hassan Il... Hassan Il, or Hassan II, I don't know, in Morocco, discovered bones belonging to a plesiosaur, told you, in the Kemkem Beds, an ancient riverbed system in what is now the Sahara Desert in Morocco. The discovery indicates that plesiosaurs, originally thought to have lived only in saltwater environments, may have also lived in freshwater habitats as well. It's scrappy stuff, but isolated bones actually tell us a lot about ancient ecosystems and animals in them. Dr. Nick Longrich, one of the paleontologists on the research team, said in a press release from the University of Bath, quote, there is so much more common they are so much more common than skeletons that give you more information to work with. Long, Longrich says it, uh, uh, that the team collected bones from more than a dozen individual plesiosaurs across a large area. The bones and teeth were found scattered and in different localities, not as a skeleton. So each bone and each tooth is a different animal. So how did the hell they know? In a post on his personal blog discussing the find, Laundrich explained that around 100 million years ago, the Sahara Desert was a sprawling system of rivers that flowed out of Africa and into the Atlantic Ocean. The riverbeds were, uh, uh, where the fossils were found were home to a wide relay, array of animal life, including prehistoric fish, freshwater-tolerant shar- sharks, uh, freshwater sharks, bull sharks, rays, turtles, amphibians like frogs and salamanders, and the aquatic dinosaur Spinosaurus. I thought they just made that up for uh, Jurassic Park. This is making all the flat earthers out there itch. Longrich wrote that finding a plesiosaur in the riverbeds was so unexpected because the chemchem beds were entirely freshwater, whereas plesiosaurs were considered marine dinosaurs living only in saltwater habitats. So, well, why would they think that if they're in Loch Ness and? Lake Champlain. Well, that's the whole point. They're saying that this is even more evidence that that could be more than just a theory. That it, they actually could have been there. Now, I always wondered how the hell they get into Loch Ness because it's an enclosed system. Maybe during the uh, the glacial period. 
You know who would have a lot to say about this? Maybe. <coughs> Randall Carlson. Is that Tucker's father? No. But he's a guy, I've watched a lot of his stuff, including one of his, one or two of his uh, interviews on Joe Rogan about um, about the ancient world, especially ancient Africa. And especially when you're talking about things like Atlantis and what, um, like when, when what's his name, uh, J- Jimmy Corsetti with Bright Insight. He does a lot of deep dives on the the potential location of Atlantis, that eye of the Sahara right there in um, in Africa. And when he did, does a deep dive as to what the, the composition of all of the geography around there, the salt content, saying that this was at one time or at least the, the, the site of a major water um, water event, whether it be a flood or whether there was an ocean there or it was just... You know, because Atlantis, at least that, that chief city, was supposed to be concentric circles that, that were well irrigated and they were bringing in water sources and all that. So um, North Africa, where the Sahara is right now, apparently a very lush environment many, many eons ago. So interesting stuff. Anyway, I started thinking about encounters with Plesiosword now. And I said, Matt, do you think that you'd be able to come up with some stuff that we can read Anybody has an encounter, what do you do when you come across Loch Ness? Here we go. Number one, do not swim in Lake Loch Ness. You know, Loch means lake. Does it? <laughs> I don't speak that language, bro. I don't fucking know. So don't. It's only like Mickey Blue Eyes? <laughs> no, the La Trattoria. The La Trattoria. The, la <laughs> the, the. And that's what it's called, though. You see it on the outside of yeah. the thing. It says The La Trattoria. Yeah, because that's when uh, Hugh, Hugh, uh, Hugh Grant goes, so The The Trattoria. Do not swim in Lake Lake Ness. <laughs> okay. Uh, do not swim in Lake Loch Ness, Lake Tahoe, Superior, or Lake Champlain. That's where it lives. Let's see here. Number two, swim faster than it. If you can't, just accept your violent and bloody death. Only one person has ever survived an attack by the beast. He died the next day. His name was Boyd Floyd. Boyd Floyd. Okay. I had to read up about him. Number three, during the summer months, their mating season, a good option for survival, if attacked, is to bend over and present, except you're about to be sexually assaulted till death. So they're not going to (laughs) stop. Not till you die. Not going to. All right. They're very horny animals. Number four, you can try jumping out of the water, clicking your heels together whilst shouting, build back better. Just accept that will never happen, so you will die. So you can't, if you're waiting for build back better, that's never going to happen. And number five, you can simulate the mating call of the alpha monster. This will let it be known to the lot of them that the boss is here. Be prepared to get sexually assaulted by every other male monster. They are very gay. Not much more is known about the beasts. All we know, we don't know too much about, we don't know too much about the Loch Ness Monster. In fact, it has lived in a cloud of mystery for many, many, many generations now. It's only been spotted like, I think, several times. 
But we do know without a doubt that it is very gay. It is. It's stuff. That's the only thing that is known that it's gay. All right. I'm going to be sending out the both. Maybe I'll send these both out as a package to people in the next raffle. All right. Let's take some calls. Let's take some calls. Uh, let's go. Calfu Cowboy. What's up? Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Picking up. I'm pretty good. So I just wanted to um, talk about Ukraine, but before I did, I wanted to point out something to Matt. Okay. There, Matt? What's up? Hey, so um, if I were you, I'd be less worried about the cat people thing and more worried about Frank saying earlier in the show that he had something that was had to do with Matt personally, but first... <laughs> and I, I don't know, that, that sounded worse to me than the cat people thing. Well. So anyway, about Ukraine, you had uh, the Zell brothers a yeah. couple nights ago. Yeah. And those guys, they they really blew my mind with this whole Ukraine thing. It, it, I think they, they actually wrapped up the case pretty much. Okay, so we've watched, we've witnessed the whole establishment, the Hill, as they say, just throw all their eggs into this Ukraine thing. You know, we saw the State of the Union address that looked like the Ukrainian State of the Union address. They had so many Ukrainian flags. And then there had to be a reason why they had to go so hard. And when, you know, when I thought about the bio labs and the energy, you know, that all, those all make sense. But when you, t when you bring in the Epstein factor, that, that actually makes sense of why they have to go as hard as they're going. What, wait, wait, what is the Epstein factor? Well, remember the Zell brothers were saying that there was that Ukrainian triangle about child uh, um, uh, sex trafficking? Yes. Okay, well, the Bidens, the, all these people who we know, like the Hill, you know, the, I mean, just think Pizza Gate. I don't know what Pizza Gate really is, but the point is we know that these people are up to horrendous things. We know they're criminals and that they're doing what they're doing in Ukraine because they have to cover their asses. And what is it that's so important to their asses that they would do what they're doing to the world, to themselves, to all of Europe, to the world? Um, and if you, if you think of the beyond the pale factor of a Epstein-type thing, you know, for instance, when the Zell brothers said what they said, it made me realize it's very possible that Ukraine has been a hotbed, like maybe like the place to go for child trafficking since, say, 2014 or whenever. Well, as they, as they, they did say that it is number two in the world and only number two to Thailand. So, yeah, I would say uh, well, it, 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 was a, it, was a pretty, it was a pretty provocative night as far as trying, just seeing how some of these operations, whether they're overlapping in many ways probably are but they're all they're all tied into the same kind of initiatives and as far as what one country or another that has been used as a uh i don't know a, a laboratory for one for one project or another really means i don't know there's so many things that are being worked uh whatever the hell the bio like the UN. pretty like much the UN. I yeah think, i think it, the u.n is basically a giant syndicate of extortion and honey potting of all these different countries, the same way they go in there and they get them to accept these loans, and then they hold it over their head forever. Well, it's I a think stepping they do stone. That with the, with the for for yeah. sure, it, and, and it could. And, and thank you for the call, Calfu. It, it really could. Yeah. It could be that. Sorry, um, it could be that 
So, I mean, you already know, we, we talk about the UN all the time. That's just a stepping stone. That's not even where they want to end up. So, um, it's just so many things. The energy stuff, the biolab stuff, the, um, I mean, I don't know. Who can know? I don't pretend to know. But you catch the same people doing weird things in different places, and it's all the same associates and all the same flows of money, then it really is just... At, at some point, it doesn't even matter to have all the details. What do you do, just drown in details? How much more proof do you need to know that all of our lives are being held as collateral to allow a, uh, a shadowy group of assholes that hate humanity, hate humanity. From cradle to grave, they hate it. They hate all of us. And they need us to, uh, to enable their plans. And then, and then we have to get out of the way, of course. Let's take a call from Jerry. What's going on, Jerry Coogan? It's been a while. Good evening, uh, Frank and Matt. How are you doing? Doing well. You, man? Great to hear from you. I just crank up my volume here. That's better. So Loch Ness Monster, my neighbor. My neighbor, I live about five miles from Loch Ness. You ever go, and, ever go uh, swimming? Uh, ever go swimming there? Ever go swimming there? I haven't swam there. I have sailed. And I've gone shooting uh, on the banks of Loch Ness, blasting away at pheasants and grouse and, and so on. Uh, hopefully, I didn't hit any monsters because that would be a, a disaster. Mm -hmm. we, we can't mm -hmm. we can't take out the monster. Now, some people are sceptical about the existence of the Loch Ness monster, and there are two things I want to say about that. One of them is that you don't get millions of people travelling <laughs> from all over the world to see a monster that doesn't exist. That's a fact. People wouldn't be travelling to Loch Ness to see something that doesn't even exist. So obviously it exists. And the second thing is... How's that, that obvious, uh, though? How's that obvious, though? Hey? How's that obvious, though? I mean, it, it, obviously it's a... There's a lot of... It, it's the legend that really drink, uh, brings people there to see if they can catch a glimpse of something. It's the legend itself, but it is a cryptid. I mean, it's something that has only been rumored to exist. There's no real evidence. <laughs> the evidence is in the tourist shops. They sell models of the Loch Ness Monster and they sell like hotcakes. So that proves that it exists. I got you. And it's <laughs> the second thing is that back in the 70s, I think it was, there was a, a, a very large-scale study on the ecology of the loch to see, you know, what, what is the nutrition, what 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 can this support? And they concluded that comparable lochs actually had more nutrition than Loch Ness. Loch Ness had less nutrition than all the other lochs, and therefore it was most unlikely that it could support a large mammal. And somebody wrote into the newspaper and said, well, the reason for that is obvious. It's got less nutrition because the monster is eating it it's all. It's been eating. I was just saying, I was thinking to myself, I said, well, well it doesn't, that doesn't mean necessarily anything. Now, what kind of, what kind of food does the lock um, produce? Have you ever had a fish that was caught there? I probably have. I probably have. I mean, I, I like fish generally, so I'm sure that all the fish that are served up locally, some of them will come from the lock. Some come from the North Sea. That's that's a big industry in Scotland. 
and it will get bigger now that we're out of Europe because it's now our fishing waters again instead of being plundered by any country in Europe which had access to the sea. So, uh, uh, to be honest, I don't know if, if, if the fish that's on the plate actually comes from Loch Ness or comes from the North Sea. But uh, fish, fish, fish. I like fish. What do you call a fish with no eyes? What? Fish. <laughs> I hear that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm going to use that tomorrow night. <laughs> so what uh, else? Have you got Timothy Gordon coming on soon? Timothy Gordon. I have to bring him back on just for a... He, he hasn't been on, quite frankly, since... Man, was it Christmas? No. It's been... A- yeah, no, well, he's, ah, he hasn't been on the Quite Frankly show. He's been on the book club, obviously. I've been pondering your email and thinking, what would I want to ask him? So I'll probably send you something by Tuesday, by Monday. But uh, I was just wondering if he was an eminent guest because the Jim Lee show was great. Jim Lee's always great. But the fact that you had audience questions uh, coming in there, I thought, oh, that's, that's really, really good. There were some great questions and some great answers. And yeah. I was just wondering if that's what you were planning to do with Timothy Gordon the next time he's on. I would love to. I, I really would. In fact, I'm going to talk to him about that. I'd have to probably bring him on in September because uh, August is already compl- almost completely booked. There's only a couple of nights where I'm on by myself, and I, I kind of need those as spacers. And I think we might be playing a gig now. A, uh, I think our, the band might be playing a gig that's been just thrown at us for August 18th and now we have to rush together to throw a 60 minute set together because we haven't played since Anthony had his ear surgery and uh, of course mm-hmm. but but so I would have to bring him by in September but I would love to because we haven't had a theology night in a long time and I have so many questions still written down um, I have a lot of questions written down not just not just about not necessarily about Catholicism, though he comes from a Catholic standpoint, but about Christian mysticism at large and, you know, mysteries of the faith and all that. I, I want I have so many more questions to ask because I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm still curious. And I, um, and I just, uh, I would love to do that. So I, I'll make sure, Jerry, in fact, if you send me an email, that'll be the reminder there that I can, um, to put out a call for any kind of questions that people may want to ask of Timothy Gordon when he, when he's finally booked. I want to do that. I'm the same. I'm I'm fascinated by the subject. I'm not. I don't subscribe to any of the, the actual faiths. I was brought up Catholic, and then by the time I was about nineteen or twenty, there were questions that I thought, "Hmm, I'm not quite sure that I could profess to believe this." But it's a powerful philosophy, and you have to understand it whether you believe it or not. And there are parts of it I believe, and parts of it that I think, "Why do people who are more intelligent than me actually believe this?" Because it doesn't make sense to me. So when you get intelligentsia, such as Timothy, uh, I've forgotten the name of his friend, the guy that does the other show, um, and of course Malachi, Martin, and these people, when you get people of that intellectual candle power that are totally committed to this, uh, it just makes me want to know, how do you see this in such a way that you accept it, whereas I can't, you know? I understand. I know what you mean. I, I know what you mean there, and I, I, I have a lot of those same questions. I, I thank you. I thank you, Jerry. Thank you for calling in. Love you. Great, great week of shows. Great show always, and uh, live long and prosper. Good you, night, and you, good night, Matt. Hi there. Good night. You got hey, what time is it right now in Scotland? Uh, good question. It is 1.20 something or other, 1.28 a.m. 
See, we should go over there yeah. and have a drum. Yeah, I want to I wanna hang out with this guy. Yeah, do you, what clan are you from? Well, I'm complicated. Uh, most of my ancestors are Irish, so I, technically I'm not... Uh, I'm always second-generation Scottish, so I, I go back through the Irish lineage. But uh, if there was going to be a clan, it would be the McShanes. They're my cousins. My grandfather... I'm related to McShanes. Isn't that your cousin's name? That's my cousin's name, is McShane. This guy's probably a distant cousin. (laughs) Wow. Matt, it'd be interesting because one of my cousins, John McShane, emigrated. Well, no, he didn't emigrate. He was born in the United States, in New York. We're about in New York. I I bet you I'm related to this guy. I bet you. I'll I'll need to find this out because the last surviving McShane of his generation, uh, my uncle Frank... I, I intend to phone him soon. I usually only see him at funerals. It's terrible. But we've always got on well. And I had a cousin, or, or he, his brother, John McShane, was born in the United States when uh, the, the family had moved out to try their luck in America. And I think the wife was homesick, and so they came back to Scotland. But John was born in New York. And when the war broke out in '39, he sailed back to Britain to join the army and John was uh, very keen on the radio which was pretty rare in those days that was like being a IT specialist so no sooner had he joined the army than the Royal Air Force got wind of him and poached him so he was then transferred to the Royal Air Force and he worked on radio for the Royal Air Force and when America joined the war in 41 he sailed back to America and joined the Navy did so he did he end up did he but did he end up uh, sending his roots down and having children in the United States? Yeah, he stayed in America for the rest of his life, and and every Hugmanay we call it New Year's Eve, we call it Hugmanay. Uh, as soon as the bells went, the phone would ring, and that would be John phoning from uh, from New York, and well, he'd say, "Hey, what's it's only what would it be?" I don't know. I don't know how we can figure out whether. Well, or not. it would be easy because he was the first generation here in New York. So my uncle, that was McShane. His name was Richard McShane, and I know he he was from Staten Island. Wow, so, this is great. I love it. Who knows? So John, when, uh, as soon as the bells rang over here, which would be seven o'clock, I guess, in New York, and I, it was usually me that picked up the phone. I was like, hey, it's John McShane. Can I speak to my favorite cousin? And that was my dad. And uh, that was just one of the, the things about you know it's New Year, you know? You know it's New Year because the phone rings within a minute of the bells ringing. And my dad would say, I bet that's John. And it was usually me that picked up the phone. Hmm. So that's, uh, I don't know how we got into that subject, but that's my, my cousin John that served in all three branches of the military during the Second World War. Here, yeah, it was it was your it's probably your family that won us the war, single handedly. Well, we, we certainly did a lot of good work. Uh, in the, the, my, my John's brother Hugh was in the Royal Air Force uh, during the Battle of Britain and so on and so forth. And my uncle Neil was uh, he was in the army, and he was one of the very first Allied soldiers who walked through the gates of Belson to liberate it. He was on the first landing, well, he was June the 6th, 1944, he was in the, the front line of the uh, invasion operation Overlord uh, in a landing craft leading 150 men onto the beaches of Normandy 
and fighting their way all the way across Europe. With a rapier. Yeah. With a rapier in his hand. Well, I, well, Jerry, I, I love. I, I, I'm glad I asked what time it was in Scotland because we got this. Uh, we got this down. Matt, Matt, and I will be coming by sometime soon for a drink. So just keep the light on, okay? We'll see you soon. Yep. And if ever you get somebody that's a guest that uh, pulls out, just somebody get me over there. Just send me my expenses. That's all I want. I'll come over and fill in for them. <laughs> Good. No, no. I think a lot of people would enjoy that, man. I think they would. And I appreciate the call again. I would love that, man. It'd be a gas. It's one of my ambitions is to get back to New York and sit in for a week. <laughs> God bless you both. Jerry Week. Yes. Listening, everybody that's listening to uh, God bless you all. We shall win. We shall win. Yes, we shall. Yes, we shall. And have a great night out there. Jerry Coogan. Yeah, I have a... Yeah, there's, there are a lot of questions. There are a lot of questions. Questions I should actually ask your cousin. Oh, uh, yeah. You could... Like, you, yeah, he's... Uh, Talk to uh, talk to Timothy Gordon, but especially your cousin, if he if he baptizes Aurora uh, in October, that would be that would be wonderful. I don't I, there's a, there's a lot of things I don't get. There's a lot of things I don't get. Um, He'll talk about that whole uh, you know takeover of well, the uh, you know yeah At the Malachi Martin aspect that uh, Jerry just brought up. All right, so we have that. We did a lot of things tonight. We did. We even did some extra with Sesame Street, um, Babylon B. We talked about the Line City. We took a couple of calls. We got to the bottom, or not not to the bottom. I'm sure that this 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 cat thing. Maybe it's just. Maybe it's got put to rest. Maybe we did that. I I have solid evidence. I'm not a cat. Well, you seem pretty human right now, so we don't have to worry. I want to thank my. I want to thank some of the super chatters over here. Paulie says Aaron Judge thirty nine home runs last night, or thirty ninth home <laughs> run last night. Oh, uh, and then he says that was weird, Frank. I sent the shades, and then you said, "Did you see the Yankee game last night?" I know things like that happen. He's walking, bro. Dirtiest. What do you mean? He's walking. Who's walking? They, they asked him a question about something in the way he worded it. It said like, "Yeah, there's a lot of great Yankees you can like look up to." Like, yeah, like he's he's walking, bro. Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge is leaving. He's not gonna be. He's not. He's gonna finish the season. But watch, he won't come back next year. Where's he going? I I don't know. I think um, someone. I, I'm not sure. But he doesn't. He doesn't like New York. What? He doesn't like. He's a Red Sox fan. What? Wait a second. He, he grew up as a Red Sox fan. He doesn't like New York. He says he doesn't like New York. He's just he like he's not like Derek Jeter. He didn't grow up a Yankee fan and like he you know, he's not like Who cares? He's if you have not okay. Dude, if, he uh, just denied uh, how much money? Uh, the fucking hugest contract that ever he just, just denied. That is smart. That is just smart baseball. Yeah, because he's going to have a season like this and next year he'll still have a monster season, but he'll hit like 20 less home runs than what he's going to hit. If you're on contract, I don't care if it's a, if it's baseball, if it's anything else. If you are on contract and your talent has been your your pay is based on talent, is based on performance incentives and all that stuff and you are the best or one of the best at what you do. Oh. You on I, a contract, I agree too. Yeah, you don't I would give him whatever he wanted. You just don't take the first offer in the middle of a season. You just let it all play out. If he if he was able, if they're able to make a run in the playoffs and he's able to yeah, they 
push pushed him over the uh, the edge there. I mean, he's going to get paid no matter what. But can you imagine what he'll ask if they win a World Series? And 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 they would say yes yeah. because they need a face. They need somebody to market as as a team. He's he's a squeaky clean as as yeah, Derek Jeter is. is. He'd be a great role model. I'll tell you what. If he does stay healthy and eventually if they start using him as a DH towards the end, dude, I think he can. Because the last thing to go is power. This dude can be like forty two still hitting home runs. Trout's not going to do it. Trout's not going to do it now. He's got that fucking rear back condition. Oh, I I hate when they get the back conditions. Like, that's what was really going on with, with Griffey, too. Once he hurt his back, Griffey was... That was just unreal. He he would have went so far past 700 home runs. What did he stop at, 660? Or did he hit 700? No, he didn't hit 700. He never, he never made it. He, he, was, he got real close. He would have, but yeah. He, imagine if whatever he went Six, through... 630. The shit they have now, he could have been... He could have... Going to see those Mariner teams in the 90s at Yankee Stadium, we would go for an entire series because Anthony loved Ken Griffey Jr. And he just loved the Mariners. I, I, just, I think he loved the logo and he loved the team there. Yeah. They had a great team between Tino before. They did. Tino and lineup. Edgar, uh, that Dan Wilson, Jay Buhner, who was a Yankee, J- Griffey. Um, There's there so many people there. Cora. Um, but, but he was scary, man. We've seen so many of his home runs in Yankee Stadium because mm-hmm. he hit him just all the time. Sweetest swing ever, yeah. and uh, he scared the shit out of us. Yeah, really did. All right, well that's it for tonight. Let me go and check our super chats. Make sure that I didn't uh, miss anything. We're getting off a little bit early. Just got to attend to some personal matters. Gino says Francis and Matt love you guys. Have a great weekend. Same to you, Gino. Stostube, thank you, Stostube. A nice little deposit in the upturned hat over here. Peppy the Frog is a cat. Says, if you could bottle Matt and Frank laughing together, it would cure depression. I love it. Thank you for that, Peppy. It's a good time. That's the that's the whole point. I try to make that the, the, the main point on Friday night. Vegas, Las Vegas Lisa says, Frank, I've lived in Vegas since 1978. Every July and August, we get flash floods. Okay. All right. That makes it a little bit better. For years, the parking lot at Caesars Palace on the, on the Strip used to flood and wash away the parked cars. We had a terrible flood control system. The lake is a different story. Okay. I just, seriously, obviously, it was just, I'm thinking desert, a desert outcove landlocked we're in the middle of a tremendous flood i don't know the local history but we just had that coincidental conversation with jim lee about the feast or famine aspect of cloud seeding and how um the more you use it the more things get out of control and the first thing i went to was that so thank you for that that insight i chihuahua says i love your show and everyone there thank you i thank you guys and um, I hope that everybody who has found this show for the first time this week sticks around and shares it with friends and family of yours because can you imagine what kind of a audience as far as how far we reach, what we would really be like if people were able to find you on YouTube, trending, live, suggested. It would be a much different world much different world and um, then again maybe this is actually protecting me 
I, I always think about that. I'm blessed by this audience. We have great time. We do great work. We have great guests. Um, you, you guys and gals are so generous with me with, the, with becoming sponsors, small and large. You have given this studio new life. You have helped me in so many personal ways, just be able to plan for the future and be responsible about things, always thinking about this show and how to expand everything around it, this show as the nucleus. And uh, even though the, the, uh, the object is always growth, I think right now, our little bubble, though growing, though expanding every day, is a protective one. It is a nasty, nasty place. And um, I'm glad to be doing this with you all. And thank you again. Matt, thank you again for hanging out. Thank you, Francis. You got it. Durderus says, how can I be sure Matt gets half of your goggles? 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 What the fuck is goggles? How can I be sure Matt gets half of your goggles? I don't know. Durderus says again, how I want to... goggles p- you got, bro? I want to... P- I want a pair. I haven't had a pair of goggles in years. I want to publicly uh, publicly confess to seeding the clouds. I'm a god. I'm a downright galactic sea shot. Uh, there you go. Deplorable farmer. Thank you so much. So, let's go split some goggles up, Matt, and I will... I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Oh, wait. No, no. We have one more tip from Rockfin. Great week of shows as usual, Frank. Good to see Matt. I'm sure his rat trap rant would make Carl Spackler proud. That's from Pari Pete. Who's Carl Spackler? I don't know, but he's going to be proud of you. So, good night, everybody. Have a wonderful evening, a wonderful weekend. I'll be back on Monday. We'll hang out together. We'll have a good time. And who knows? Maybe you'll even stop in stop into your, uh, your living rooms or on your back porch. So keep your notifications on. Maybe we'll have a cigar together on Saturday night or something like that. Goodbye, everybody. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before our live studio audience, and now our super chatters. But first, please head over to quitefrankly.tv for our Saturday, our Friday evening programming. It is going to be a very, very great night and a relaxing weekend of programming on quitefrankly.tv. Brought to you by everybody at home. Thank you for being sponsors. And go to sponsor us on quitefrankly.tv and become a monthly sponsor so you can jump into the Sunday unlisted live stream as well and hang out with me and just chill and talk about life. All right. Thank you. Thank you to our sponsors. Oh, forgot the super chatters. Well, we'll do that right now. Ready? Gino Stostu, Pepe the Frog, Las Vegas Lisa, I Chihuahua, Vesselfoot, Scuba Steve, Captain Cast Iron, New York State of Mine, and B. Mullaney. Nighty, everybody. Happy birthday, Billy. <laughs> Will you shut up? Ow.